Hi, this is Dave Pryor. You're about to listen to my interview with Dan Eberle, who's an Agile coach at the New York Times. And we're going to talk all about the internal Agile certification program Dan's been putting together at the Times. Dan's a brilliant guy. He's been on the podcast a few times before, and I always come away from our conversations feeling smarter than I was when they started. So I'm sure you're going to get a lot of value out of this interview. It's just chock full of ideas and tidbits you can use to amp up your Agile practice. The reason I'm doing this little intro bit, which I rarely do, is because I have something I want to promote, which is also something I rarely do. But on April 5th and April 7th, I'm going to be teaching my first in-person classes since the pandemic started. So I'm going to do a CSM on April 5th, CSPO on April 7th in Atlanta. I am really excited to be able to teach in person again. I can't wait to get in a room with people. So if you're interested in taking CSM or CSPO training, I've set up a special discount code that'll give you 10% off the list price for the class. Just check the show notes for the link, or you can go to leadingagile.com slash scrum hyphen training. That's leadingagile.com slash scrum hyphen training, and you'll find all the upcoming classes listed. You can get a 10% discount on either of the in-person April classes just by entering the discount code DPM10 when you sign up. That's DPM10, all caps. And that's it. Thanks. And now on to the podcast. Hey, this is Dave Pryor. Welcome to the Reluctant Agilist. Dan Eberle's back, and we're going to talk all about a program he has developed at the New York Times to help people get schooled up on all different aspects of Agile and to learn how they can kind of take it and roll their own version of it within their teams. So, Dan, thank you for taking time out of your day. Thanks for having me, Dave. It's always an honor to be back with you. <laughs> did, I, did I do a good job of giving the quick overview of the program that you've created? Yes, thank you for keeping it uh, general uh, because that's what it is. Uh, it is it is meant to be um, to to give a, a a wide lens of not just what agile is, but but why agile is. Okay, so we're going to talk all about this in a second. But before we do that, Dan, would you mind telling these folks a little bit about your background and the work that you're doing at the Times? Uh, yes, yeah, so I am uh, an agile coach with a focus on enterprise. I have been uh, working with the New York Times for for several years now, and uh, I work with with teams. I work with leaders, individuals, uh, working groups, all all kinds of folks um, to help uh, coach in in leadership um, and in collaboration. And that's really really how I see it. And Agile is is a big big set of tools in my in my box to do that. Okay. Now, I don't know about most people. When I think of the New York Times, I think of like everything's in my head is in black and white. There's probably Spencer Tracy's walking around somewhere, big old newsroom, people chain smoking in front of typewriters, um, like a big old timey company. But I'm guessing it's not exactly like that now. No, it's very futuristic. It's really cool. Uh, we still have a, a big newsroom filled with brilliant people. Um, so I work with the digital product organization, which is called XFUN, which okay. is uh, short for cross-functional. And uh, so we're a, uh, an extremely uh, modern part of the organization, uh, which has been obviously around for a very long time. But um, yeah, our, our big thing is, uh, you know, we're, we're basically um, creating, um, you know, products and platforms to to deliver news content. Obviously, the New York Times is much more than just a news organization, though. We have we have games, we have uh, cooking, we have uh, we have uh, humongous 
um, palette of uh, podcasts, you know, audio, wire uh, cutter. Huge, right? Wire cutter is in there as well. Uh, there's there's just a tremendous amount of things uh, that we've got going on. So it's it's sort of like working at a whole bunch of companies all together, which is a lot of fun for me because, uh, you know, one of the things that's that's cool about what what we do as agilists is surprise people when we say, oh, you know, it's not just for tech. So it's an opportunity for me to to really truly work cross functionally and bring a lot of these uh, kinds of concepts and tools and processes and 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 ways of, of thinking about ways of working to other domains be, beyond just tech. Okay. So what so the profile of the people that you're working with, they're not all IT people, they're from all different backgrounds and like types of work? Absolutely, yes. Uh, and if you think about it, you know, uh, in any kind of big enterprise, you've got a lot of management, you've got a lot of middle management, there's a lot of decisions that need to be made. Um, and so so yeah, so I'm working with with all sorts of people. Um, and it's it's a truly cross-functional workplace where uh, we have created uh, and we continue to iterate on uh, systems of organization that really bring us together. Okay. And I wanted to ask one more thing about this. So I, I'm making an assumption in my head that there is a more modern part of the organization, but the bones of the organization, there's still a lot of that traditional old-timey waterfally DNA that's like burned in that maybe running alongside of the newer stuff, but there are still moments where those two things bang into each other. Well, I wouldn't call it old timey, okay. uh, but I, the reason why, two things, number one, because uh, I, I I try not to uh, give too much of a pejorative bent to, to things. Uh, I know you didn't mean that. Um, but, you know, the other thing is that I'm trying to, uh, well, I, I, I work with with people throughout the community beyond just my my day job. Right. And I see the sort of waterfallification, if that's a term, um, the li linear, we'll, we'll call it linear kind of process of, you know, sort of stepwise linear process of management. Um, alive and well in all kinds of contexts, uh, in all kinds of companies, even very modern companies. So okay. this is part of, um, I think, part of how we as agilists can actually help the larger community, uh, not necessarily to tell them that they're doing it wrong, but to, sh to be kind of a mirror and to show what is happening and make people aware, give form and modeling to what is happening. I, f I always tell people, you know, Agile doesn't solve your problems. It just makes them visible. I think that's actually an old saying about Scrum, too. And so giving people um, tools to see what they are doing and yeah. see if their actions actually match what they're going for. Uh, a lot of times we don't know. I mean, we all as people, you know, kind of endeavor to do one thing and then we do all sorts of things to counteract that. And a lot of times it's unconscious. It's 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 not knowable. And so using things like, you know, boundary objects, visualizations, um, it's, it's not just a way for me to see what I'm doing. It's also a way for me to bring more people um, into, into what I'm seeing and to create more um, inclusion, which is yeah. an extremely important component to all agile ways of working. Okay. And more intention behind the choices they make about how they're, what problems they're going to solve and how they're going to go about trying to address them, right? Sure. Okay. Absolutely. But all you right, can't so, manage what you can't see. I'm sorry. No, that's all <laughs> okay. right. I was just going to use that as my segue. Please, segue. Into sorry. the fact that you've developed this program. Now, a lot of organizations, when they're trying to get, you know, get started or, or like support Agile, they will have companies come in and do foundational training. The company that I work for does that. Um, 
And then there's, you know, different kinds of certification paths you can go down. You could do like Scrum Alliance or Scrum.org or one of the IC mm -hmm. Agile things or SAFE. There's all different kinds of paths you can chase. And I know that when people go through like my CSM or my CSPO, they learn Scrum the way it's defined in the Scrum Guide sanctioned by the Scrum Alliance. Mm -hmm. But you've developed your own version of foundations and some more advanced training. And I'm wondering if you can talk about like what brought that about? What problem were you trying to solve with it? Right. So um, one important thing about the Times is that it's it's huge. It's it's real big. Uh, maybe not the biggest company in the world, but it's definitely not small. You know, we're somewhere around five thousand people. Um, and you know, one of the wonderful things about the New York Times, and there are many to choose from, besides the fact that we're you know the best at what we do. Um, and a market leader is that we are an extremely decentralized kind of uh, operation in a lot of ways, particularly in the digital product environment. Uh, we really put a lot of value and, um, and emphasis into uh, autonomous ways of working. So that was one of the things that impressed me the most uh, coming into the New York Times system was just this, uh, you know, this, this emphasis on, on, letting teams kind of work the way that they that they think are best and and you know we have a very rigorous interview process we have the the most uh brilliant people uh that i've ever been surrounded with in my professional career um and so we want you know we want to we want to leverage that brilliance right we want people to to come in and 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 use their creativity and their ingenuity and their knowledge to, to design the way of working that, that makes sense in their okay. context. And so, so coming into the times is, like I say, is a very decentralized place. And so there is always a desire to try to create connective tissue, right? So there's a couple of ways to respond to a decentralized system, just speaking abstractly for a moment. One is to say, ah, I need to control everything, right? Um, you know, I need to, I need everyone to, to be working the same way and doing the same thing. So that's one way to do it. Not my personal favorite at all, but there are certain strictures sometimes that need to be in place. That's not quite what this program, this Agile uh, Foundations program was about. Um, it's really about giving people a common vocabulary to connect them. So enabling constraints connect us. Um, these, uh, these governing constraints, which is, which is a thing uh, that exists, um, those kind of uh, limit us in a way. Okay. Um, and that's that's not what I was going for here. I wanted to introduce Agile in a, in a way that was more inclusive and, and, and an invitation, if you will, for people to to have uh, a common vocabulary, a common understanding of some common concepts, even if they weren't useful or they didn't agree with them. Like at least it's the same information. Sure. Uh, and so, and and in so doing, and and in presenting this in as agnostic a way as possible, um, for starters. Uh, you know, it's an opportunity to give people a, a sense of empowerment and enablement to to make good choices and informed choices. Okay. So I just want to check in with you on this. When you're talking about governing constraints and things like that and how that can be limiting, some of the models, like let's just use Scrum as an example. There are constraints within Scrum. Sprints right. can only be so long. Certain things happen a certain way. And one of the things that I find challenging about Scrum is that you kind of have to change your organization to work with Scrum. Right. Whereas something like Kanban, you're going to map it out and then find the things you have to change to be more efficient at what you're doing. Um, 
and I'm getting the sense that in, in what you're trying to set up here, that it is about teaching them the broader ideas behind Agile so that they can pick the things that are going to solve their problems as opposed to saying you're doing XP, you're doing Scrum, you're doing Kanban, you're doing whatever. That is exactly right. And okay. so um, that is my intention. And so there's there's a couple of reasons why. Number you're one- like the anti-PMO. <laughs> well- <laughs> I am part of a PMO, so I don't want to go that far. I, uh, I would never bite the hand that feeds me. But in the idea, in the, the sense that the PMO is there to let the traditional PMO, right. I won't say the old time anymore, a, <laughs> a PMO that there are many PMOs that were designed there to create structure that people have to follow to right. make sure everything is very uniform and it's done a certain way. Now, whether that is straight out of the PMBOK or Prince2 or you're doing Scrum or whatever, they're there to control behavior. Right. Right. And our, our PMO is, is much more like an agile PMO in the sense that we're, we're less about those kinds of, of governing constraints. We're not a compliance PMO, for example. Okay. Um, now we, we do have lots of, of tools that people can use. And, and a lot of times we're uh, tasked with, you know, helping people understand what those are. So we do OKRs and things like that, and there's ways of doing them. And, um, and so, you know, so there's a little of that, but Ultimately, what we're what we're looking for, what I'm looking for as as the as the agile coach for for the New York Times, I am trying to respect what is there. So it's kind of like that that Kanban principle of of you know start you where know, you are. Start where you are. Yes, Res- respect the the current rules and, and structures that exist, and just model it out and show people what is happening. You know, try to try to create as much transparency as you can. Um, and then make an intentional decision about about what to do. Um, one of the so so a, a good example of the opposite of this would be something like instituting safe up and down the organization, right? So that's um, and I, and I, I don't mean to poo poo safe. I'm sure safe works great in certain contexts, but I don't think that that would be a particularly popular thing. It'd be in like our giving context. everybody the same medicine regardless of what was wrong with them. Right. And yeah. so one of the reasons why people get turned off to, to Agile uh, is because they have experiences like that, where there are these seemingly no value strictures that get installed on top of them or inflicted on them. And that this is not what I wanted to go for at all. And so the so if, if we believe in, in self-managing teams and, and sort of uh, you know, making good decisions, uh, decentralizing uh, decision making, you know, as much as possible, uh, giving people a lot of ownership of, of mm-hmm. how they work. Um, you know, it helps to, to give them some some tools and practices and some understanding and some vocabulary that is that is more universal. And so that's that was sort of the idea is that these these are connecting constraints yeah. in that respect. And people can take it or leave it because we the, the train's already in motion. It's not like we're starting a new company. The company is doing great. Uh, we're, we're doing incredible work. And I want this to be as useful as it can be. And I, every good Agile coach knows they don't have the answer. <laughs> you know, I don't have the right. answer. I just have my toolbox. And the best gift I can give to people is whatever capability I have. Yeah. So you, it's, it's yours now and do with it what you think is best. One of the important lessons that we learn from Agile and probably one of the key findings um, or lessons, if you will, in the Agile Foundation certification, which is that baseline certification that we have, is really um, 
trying to delineate the difference between an algorithmic task and a heuristic task. Oh, wait, hold on. Don't go. You before you get into the big words, I have two, two things I wanted to, oh, to jump back to. That's if, um, so you were talking about safe, and I just want to be clear for this about folks that are listening. So it's not that there's anything wrong with safe. There's a lot of structure to it. And I think a lot of people get into it with the idea that the structure will carry them through. And I think a lot of organizations that's appealing to them. And the, the problem is it's, it's a type of medicine that can solve maybe a variety of problems, but not every problem. And to just apply any particular approach blanketly across an organization is going to cause issues because not everybody's got the same same things wrong with them. And that goes back to what you were saying about respect, which is the other thing I wanted to mention. Dan and I are both taking a course uh, at Modus Cooperandi. And, and one of the things that I've really kind of locked in on with that is this idea of respect. Um, the structures that are in place in your organization, maybe they're traditional, maybe they're not, they're there for a reason. They solved a problem. People were careful in their selection of them. And to just blanketly throw them out the window and say all that stuff is wrong doesn't demonstrate respect for the problems that existed before you got there or the people who put time and effort into crafting a solution. And I think that to me, like that's becoming more and more important is getting that context of understanding, like, why is this the way it is before I just go pick a different answer? Right. Yeah, I, uh, I totally agree with that. And thank you for clarifying that. I just taking a step back um, in, in sort of dovetailing on what you're, what you're getting at, Dave, is that, you know, we call Scrum a framework, and I guess in, in a way it is, but it's also a collection of methods. You yeah. know, XP is a total, complete methodology, uh, top to bottom. These are, uh, SAFE is is a, extremely methodolo methodological, um, or methodical, sorry. <laughs> I like methodological. Um, SAFE is extremely methodological. Um, and so the problem with with jumping to methods is that methods are only useful in a particular context. And so that respect that you're talking about, Dave, is about respecting the the complexity of, of that very thing. Yeah. The complexity of the work, the complexity of the relationships, the, com the complexity that goes into keeping this thing going that we are doing, and now you're telling us that we need to do it differently. Um, so I wanted to come at the conversation um, with, with these Agile certifications at NYT a little bit differently. I wanted it to be more of an invitation to this box of, uh, uh, you know, of, of stuff, uh, th this mental operating system, if you will, how it is, you know, how it's evolved and, and perhaps how it can benefit you, the practitioner. Right. Okay. So can you kind of give the layout of the course and, and, how the different parts fit together, or oh, sorry, the program, not the course. Could yeah, yeah. So, program? so the program is made up currently of two courses. Uh, we're going to have a, a third one, uh, but the first one is the one we've been talking about, which is this Agile Foundation certification, and it helped to make it a certification just so that there would be kind of a container for the okay. information. Uh, so we're going through, um, you know, core lean concepts, lean waste, kaizen, you know, the, the lean basics. Um, in the context of manufacturing, and, okay. and um, we, you know, I I never take it too far away from knowledge work. I'm I'm always trying to touch back on that so that it's not completely divorced from what we do. 
but uh, under, understanding it particularly in the manufacturing um, lens. Uh, from there, we go to uh, understanding empiricism versus determin deterministic process control, um, talking about Kinevin and complexity science, um, so that we can have an understanding of, of different levels of, of complexity or simplicity um, and understand that there are different modalities of response in okay. those domains. And so we get closer and closer to why Agile, why? Uh, we talk about linear, also known as waterfall development, what that looks like, you know, this sort of stage-gated uh, style of doing things. Um, and even looking at it and sort of charting it out, some examples, uh, the class starts to see where it can break down in a domain where the rate of change is very fast, like digital product development, for example. Okay. The context is changing, you know, uh, customers are changing, you know, trends are changing, everything's changing. So, so having this stage-gated way of doing things with functional silos is, is obviously is very inefficient uh, and it's ultimately ineffective, um, depending, you know, depending okay. on your context. Uh, and then we move into Agile and understanding the Agile Manifesto and the 12 principles and kind of bringing it back home. Um, and so we're sort of understanding what problem we're trying to solve with Agile ways of working without getting too far down the methodological rabbit hole. Okay. Um, the second oh, course- hold on. I wanna, I wanna oh, just check in on this for a second. So sure. when you were talking about it, one of the things that I was thinking about is like, I'm building a Kanban course right now. and um, I've been kind of torn between do I go with like history and theory or do I just teach them basic tactical stuff, like just get you up and running? Because mm -hmm. if somebody's coming in, like I just need to know how to do this, I can see where some of them might bristle at the idea of, well, let's go all the way back to back right. in the day. Where da, da, da. But when you talk about it, it sounds like rather than saying, you know, I can give a guy a fish, I can teach a guy to fish. You're having the conversation about why fish, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, which, I'm is, trying, which is good yeah. because then they get, I guess, the pieces that they need to be able to make better informed choices about the path they go down. Right. Yes. Uh, the other important component that we haven't mentioned yet is that my, like that first course is yeah. three hours long. Okay. It's it, it's not a two day, eight hours a day right. kind of thing. Um, you know, one of the things that I think we recognize is that there's a lot of limitation to overstuffing people's brains with with too much information. Yeah, they um, need time to go play around with it before they can right. move on to the next part. So the the class it works in it's in, in you know three episodes, three one hour gulps. Um, you know, and then I work there. So we have, we're constantly in touch. We're able to, to riff on some of these ideas, argue about them. It's a lot of fun to see people engage with the concepts and relate them to their day to day. Uh, but also not actually be, so, you know, you, you coach a team, you're kind of coaching them while they're dealing with their day to day. And that's, that's a lot to ask of yourself to, to try to learn something and do something and meet a deadline or achieve a, an objective. Well, and you you're know, also challenging their value system at the same time if they if they are not familiar with this stuff. Potentially, um, yeah. I, we do see that. Uh, luckily, there's nothing in the foundational course that is particularly uh, well. It's not my idea, right? I didn't invent this stuff. It's it, I am transmitting some some you know basic 
information and helping them relate it to, to what they do. And, you know, the other thing that's important here in these, these little uh, mini classes is that I try to always show the trade-offs. So every choice that you make, even if it's just a mental operating system choice, if you choose to, you know, uh, adhere to these principles or these values, you know, you're making a choice. You right. you are you have to turn your back on something, and so the agile way of working does it does have trade offs, and we need to to be real about it and understand what it is that we're doing. And there's a you know there's a big grayscale there. Okay, all right, thank you. So I interrupted you as you were talking, going to talk about the second course. Right. So, so that's the first course, Agile Foundations. Uh, NYT AFC is all about lean, um, Kinevin, and agile as we know it. The practitioner certification is much more about practices. So now we're talking about, we start with Kanban, uh, understanding, uh, probably a review of lean, um, and then talking about visualizing work, visual controls, what we want from them, um, what they are designed to do. Um, and, because a lot of these kinds of things are both uh, important uh, actualization of, of inclusive values and also very practical, <laughs> right? So if people, if all the people in my, on my team can see the stages that we're taking our work through and we, we have visibility and all the people in my constituency that are interested in my work or invested in my work can see, now our board goes from just being a tool that only I understand and a couple of people and requires me to explain a lot of things and give a ton of extra context um, and maybe isn't useful to anyone outside of my immediate circle of influence to something that's actually radiating information. Yeah. It becomes it becomes its own meeting. This is one of the fun things that, that Jim Benson talks about is that your board is a meeting. It can be. It has the power to do that. For, but for a lot of teams that I, I engage with, that's not the case. They're they're not leveraging the full value of the of the model. So. So do we talk about once. Do you find that people are still surprised by the power of the visualization? Like, because to me, that's something that is not. I would not automatically think it's going to have the impact that it always does. Always surprising. So, so value stream mapping is something that uh, we're getting into. That Dave and I are getting into a lot lately, and it's a it's a really flexible tool. It's based on a you know lean tool for you know, probably everything from understanding uh, uh, how to do something to supply chain management to every everything in between. Um, and you can use it in a simple way just to show how things happen, right? And and to actually get alignment and to 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 pivot from a tacit understanding of process and all the all the deviations and process that exist to making it explicit. Right. And then once you've made that explicit and visual and you've made a, a visualization, it has left the imaginations of the various people who are who are envisioning it in their minds, I, and now we're actually, we have the same view of reality and we can actually make meaningful change. So we're okay. not just arguing about status anymore. We can see what's happening. We can agree or disagree on whether it's right or not. And we can make more intentional decisions, critical decisions about how we work. So. So the practitioner certification is really all about equipping people with some of the some of the the tools b behind the tools, if you will. Okay. Um, so yeah, so we start with Kanban, uh, which is not a framework for complex work um, or a, or a, a method. It's a it's a model. It's just modeling the work that you do. 
that's 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 the idea behind um, how how we are at least canonically meant to introduce Kanban, not to use it as some sort of way to change everything, but rather just model what's happening, show us what's happening, and then we can make decisions about how to make small changes that will hopefully help us out. Um, so that, that's where it starts. Uh, we move into Scrum. Um, and then from there, we, we go into things like, um, like team, team building, understanding how to launch a team, um, you know, some of, some of these sorts of, of critical things that, um, that a lot of folks don't really know how to do. (laughs) So it's, uh, because it, it tends to be on the caboose of actually like getting work done. Yeah. So that's important, obviously, but it's also important. We One of the things that we sort of believe in Agile, you know, one of our principles, we actually believe that the relationships between the people on the teams, the delivery teams, uh, and the connection that those people have to other teams and to important um, people, um, you know, that surround the teams, that those relationships are all important and that and that we, we need to strengthen them wherever we can and that the quality of our work will... Uh, you know, this is a determining factor in the quality of our work, the strength of our relationships. Okay. So when they come out of this second course, I mean, the first course is understand the why the second course is here's some tools you can use and, and tools you can understand, like how to create for yourself or how to select for yourself. So that, that point they're able to go work on a team as a scrum master or a product owner, a team member, correct? Yeah. I mean, most of Or if it's a Kanban team, just as a team member. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we, so we don't, um, you know, everyone who's taking these courses already works here. So they're yeah. all doing their jobs already. And, the, and again, like coming at it from the, the reverse of this is how you work. It's more like, Hey, you're working and you're probably doing a lot of this stuff. Uh, maybe this is a different angle of view on what you already do. Maybe this is a completely different way of doing what you already do. Here it is. This is, this is some info for you. And, um, and so, yeah, so it's not necessarily designed to explicitly transform the way that someone does something. It's really just to give them the equipment, as you said, very, very well, uh, to, to sort of select for themselves, uh, what tools and processes make sense for their context, because it's a very diverse, huge system, uh, that I'm in and people need a lot of options. Yeah. Well, and that's a, that's a big deal too. Like a big investment and trust in the people who are going to be working on this stuff is to let them select the path. That's the best one for them and their team. Right. right. Instead of prescribing it to them. The last bit, the last course, which doesn't exist yet, but is is coming soon is a uh, agile leadership certification. So this is really um, for, for managers and leaders and, you know, future leaders. Um, that that want to know how they can best enable and empower teams, agile teams in particular, and, and also um, give them practices that they can do to model the behavior that they may want to see in the in the the teams and the people that work for them. Um, so it's again, it's bringing a practical intention to yeah. to how you govern yourself, essentially, what you do, and to bring some some craft um, and not just. Uh, you know, whatever works basically. Uh, yeah. I mean, we do want them to do whatever works, obviously. No, that's but that's a, it's a huge wrong. thing because <laughs> a lot of people, um, 
I feel like there's a lot of people at the top of the food chain that just kind of wave their hands and say, go get your own, be agile and go do whatever you got to do without an understanding of the fact that at that level, I have to completely change how I interact with other people. And then that middle layer that you're talking about, I mean, they're kind of pushed up in two directions at once because they're supposed to be supporting agile teams, but they still often see themselves as being kind of beholden to the traditional way of, of doing work. And there's no opportunity to see how they can or should change in order to elicit the response right. from either side that they're hoping to get. A, a classic version of this is, um, and and this is a this is a point of debate in every system that I and every human being that I know that does this sort of work. Uh, but the the notion of well, I don't know what my team's cycle time is. I don't know what the team's velocity is. I need to know these things. I don't know what their capacity is. Um, I don't know, and that's a problem. Okay, so understood. Um, we we can we can inspect why why you need to know how long you've not known, uh, what risks are you know are, are present there, um, and but also my question often to to leadership teams is, um, do you know what your cycle time is? You know, Ooh, have you defined, you know, have that. you defined, <laughs> I mean, do you know, like, it's important if it's important for you to, to know of others, uh, why do you not yes. know it for yourself? Good. Do That's you, great, you, man. Do you know how There's to, the nugget. That's I mean, it, this right is there. Yes. Uh, so, <laughs> so our, but, but here's the thing is that, you know, we talk about waterfall as some sort of enemy and it's really just another tool in the box. Um, but you know, one of the problems with, with waterfall is that it's it's hard to respond to change fast, right? And that's yeah. what Agile is about. That's all it is. It's just, can you respond to change? Can you move out of the way of the dinosaur that wants to eat you? And so with that in mind, a decision-making waterfall where there are, are handoffs and delays at every stage gate of the decision-making waterfall, how is that helping us? How is that hurting us? What are the risks right. here? And we see them and we can measure it. And if our job is to make decisions and we care about speed and velocity and hopefully quality, we should be evaluating ourselves the same way that we would like our subordinates to evaluate themselves. Um, so so it's, it's also one of those things, you know, when we talk about power distance and impact, um, you know, the, the, the boss that uh that takes my course and says well i don't really think that value uh you know that everything that isn't customer value is waste i have a problem with that <laughs> well yeah it's it's actually an interesting thing but a part of me is like oh my god you're the boss i am now like thinking i need to change how i'm teaching this because you're the boss even though you just want to have a spirited debate and maybe unpack like right um necessary waste versus unnecessary waste which is a, a great great conversation all by itself. Um, but what I'm getting at here is that leaders have a huge outsized impact by what they do or don't do. And the, the greatest lesson that we learn from that is that by doing the stuff that you want to see other people do, they are more likely to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You have to show them the behavior you want to see. Yeah. Well, this is cool. I'll be excited to see to hear what happens once you get that course up and running and, and see how people are reacting to it. Yeah, we're as of this recording, we're about to pilot the certification course, which I'm excited about. Um, I'm sorry, the practitioner certification course. Okay, uh, we've already certified a whole bunch of people in the foundational one, so that's kind of the one prerequisite, and then you can take these other two 
um, you know, which are, or both. I encourage okay. people to take all of them. But uh, in any case, it's uh, it's been great. It's a huge cross section of different folks from throughout the times have taken it, and it's just been a, it's been so much fun and so rewarding, and just such a rich um, interaction. And it's it's also been really helpful for me because you know learning how to test is something that I don't have a ton of experience with. I've right. certainly taken a lot of tests. And I've taken a lot of tests that I didn't think were very good tests of my absorption of knowledge. <laughs> so what I'm finding is that, um, especially on the conceptual side of which most of this lives, uh, you know, it's it's good to have people just explain things like, OK, give me an example of this or, or you know, yeah, w what is uh, the difference between, uh, you know, necessary waste versus no value waste? You know, yeah. what do you think? Um, and so, so yeah, so it, it doesn't quote scale as well, you know, as a multiple choice test, but I think it's a fairer assessment of somebody's actual understanding of the material. Yeah. So. Cool. So, th and this is, so this is an option for you. If, if, if you're working at a company, you've got people that you want to get kind of on the same page in terms of how this stuff works. I would never say anything bad about bringing in companies like the one I work for, sending people to classes like the ones I teach, but I think that Dan's solution is a really great kind of customized way to meet the needs of the people in your organization and the organization itself and give them broader a broader range of abilities. Is that sound already? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And it's free, which is the the part that we love the most. Um, <laughs> so uh, so it's free and I work there. So it's not like somebody and not that and I've, by the way, everyone listening to this should take Dave's courses. Uh, big fan. Um, but, you know, Dave is not always there. He's not hanging out by the water cooler for you to chat up about whatever, you know, whatever crazy thing we talked about in class uh, all the time. Uh, and so the fact that I'm there and it, yeah, it's just, it's an opportunity. Yeah, they have more me. access and they have more context to be able to share with you as well. Got so my dream is, yeah, my, my, my hope is that, you know, once we get, you know, around 10% of the population kind of, uh, you know, through this program, uh, at least the foundational one, we're going to start seeing, you know, m more of this kind of replicate out and then it'll be less, uh, hopefully, you know, less of a, of a lift for me. Maybe we can get some other people teaching these courses. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, but it's so far so good. It's an experiment. We'll see how it goes, but cool. I'll keep you updated. And thank you so much for having me on. Well, thanks for being here. What if, what if folks want to get in touch with you and ask questions about it? What's the best way to reach you? Best way to reach me is on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm on a bunch of other platforms. I do a bunch of other stuff we didn't talk about, which is fine. Um, but uh, LinkedIn is, is the best place right now. Uh, so reach out, Dan Everly, LinkedIn, find me and uh, I'm, I'm happy to, to talk to anybody, chat them up. I also do a lot of public events, virtual events, uh, but I have been taking a break from that because I've been working on a very large extracurricular project. So once that's done, I'll be back into it. Cool. All right, man. Well, thank you very much. I'll make sure to include the contact stuff in the show notes and good luck with it. All right. Thanks, buddy. Have a good one. You too. Did you learn to work the old way, but the new way is what you need. My job's to make that switch from old